Hello and welcome to episode number 29 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host Ross, let me introduce the team. The boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome David. Hello Ross, happy Halloween. Um, <laughs> I got into the spirit yesterday by dressing up as a cricketer and impersonating one. Did you trick or treat? Uh, definite trick. Okay. It wasn't a treat, let me tell you. A man who had said Dave Warner modelled his game on and a man with his ear to the ground on all things local cricket. Welcome Michael. Hello gents. Hello Mick. Hello Mick, Australia's number one Nathan Lyon fan and our guru, welcome Alex. Hello fellas, how are we going? Sonny Gisbert. Guru of what? <laughs> yes, Nothing. it's like a football club I used to play at and there's a bloke there who we used to think was a bit of a dickhead. One of the players said, no, 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 but he's our dickhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alex <laughs> is our guru. Okay, today we come to you from one of the most interesting studios we've ever been in. <laughs> The Pat McKenna studio here in sunny Gisborne. We're in a glass case of emotion, basically. A smoker's box out the back of the pub. (laughs) I've had 40 darts, so I can see that. (laughs) We're never coming here again. (laughs) Old Gisborne. Shut up. This is a Big Lug production brought to you by ever-growing host of financially viable sponsors, the Gold Medal Soft Drink Company, Collins Class Submarine, Dick Smith, Masters, Pizza Haven, Eagle Boys, Barnacle Bills, Ollie's Trolley, Smorgies, Sizzler, Boilo, Franklin Supermarkets, Tucker Bag, Pocket Mail. Hey, draw breath, Pocket Mail. Chopper up, Brashes, Lazities, Flash Drives, and of course all our podcasts recorded onto high-quality Betamax. Don't forget our Patreon and Kickstarter campaigns. Give that we may record better. First up, it's local cricket, and it's over to Mick. Alrighty, so local cricket this uh, week. So we start off with we've got Ben Wakim, who did exactly like that. Who did exactly that when he turned out for Adelaide, making 170 red. So he whacked them everywhere. Jesus. <laughs> oh, and he combined with his skipper Andy Delmont, who made 138 for a 272 run party. Jeez. So fairly good effort there. Then we had uh, Nicholas Dollar Bills from the uh, Sydney Cricket Club. He took five for 79, giving him his third consecutive five for for the New South Wales Premier Cricket season. Can I interrupt there and say that I saw a picture on Twitter yesterday of Sandman, the comedian, wearing an East's Dolphins Sydney Premier Cricket Club blazer. Wow. Yeah, so big local, big ups to him for being a big local cricket fan. Mm. Next, we've got uh, Preston White from the Tombull District Career Club in Queensland, who snagged seven for 31. Is that yeah. Preston White fucking her? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Josh Clark made 162 for the Hawkesbury Career Club in New South Wales. Great career, giving him his third consecutive time for the season as well. So he's having a good year. Then we had uh, Arif Hassan from the Warnervale Wildcatch Career Club, who snared nine for 12 including a hat-trick, where they dismissed their opposition for 29 runs. Everyone else looked confused. Mm. So he was denied the 10 for due to the last week of being a running. A uh, run down. You always hear those stories, don't you? I believe there's been a shift, too, in um, cricket club naming. And so Colts is old school. Yeah. And new clubs are moving away from that. And they're going for names like Wildcats. Wildcats. Yeah, 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 like the West Adelaide Bearcats. Bearcats. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get your claws out. The West yeah. Albury Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And lastly, but not least, I'm just going to quickly touch on a bloke that Ross mentioned last week, and that's the uh, that was Dean Taylor from the Werribee Centrals, who peeled off 381. So for those of you interested, he never scored a century for his club oh, in the whole geez, 20, years, really? 20 years that he played there. Oh um, and in making his 381, he also set a new club record 
passing 351 that uh, Michael Samet made last season. So they've had so in the last two seasons they had triple ton makers. You know, Mickey Samet had it for yeah. one season. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. A bit Matthew Hayden like, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Passed the record, then yeah. getting snatched off you straight away. Yeah. And so in, in that 381, he was also involved in two. 200 run partnerships <laughs> and they were both with kids from the like from their under 17s territories. Oh, really and they the team finished with a final score of three for 528 Jeez. off 70 overs can you um, can you do me a favor no can you look him up on my cricket this dean taylor bloke um, next for the next podcast and yeah. find out what his average was prior to making 381 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he never made a ton yeah so, so 20? I, I wonder if he's like yeah. average of 20 I want to see what yeah. the difference is between his average and the score is it like Jason Gillespie's yeah, he averaged 12 and then scored 200. I think, I think you'll find if we did a bit of statistical analysis on it, you'd find the 381 might be an outlier. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to see what percentage higher than his average it is. Quartile 3 plus 1.5 times into quartile range. Yep. We put the fence in. Yep. And if it's about, beyond that, it's an outlier. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. You can do a bit of, put the fence in. You put the fence in. Yeah, And the direct quote yeah. from the... Um, the from the My Cricket. Because that would be a chat with him. I didn't really pay as much attention. But the one thing I did like that I did take out they said so how many pounds did you think you hit he said 60 to 70 <laughs> <laughs> well you wouldn't need to to score 381 yeah. wouldn't you but yeah so that's uh, local cricket uh, well I've got a couple of little things to add there uh, just having a quick uh, look I went down to my local cricket ground uh, on Saturday there's no team there take the tram the CCCC that's it the Campbell's Creek Colts Cricket Club mm. not once again not fielding a team this year but yeah. there's a bit of activity around in Castlemaine the show's on so um, oh, yes. uh, they couldn't play cricket there so they had to go out to the outground yeah. uh-huh. and I watched a bit of B grade cricket there it was a T20 game uh-huh. And I noticed the structure they have. There's six teams in the division, and they have five T20 games in all in October and November. And T20 final, five one day games, and then a one day final, and then five day. No. And then five two day games. So the structure builds across the season, and there's no changing formats. I thought, oh, there's a note there for everyone in playing local cricket. Why not copy what they're doing? Yeah. I reckon that's good idea. So is that so that, does that mean that pretty much? The two days rule after Christmas. Uh, I think and the first one's free. Yeah, the first one's just before Christmas. Okay. The yeah, last okay. two Saturdays yeah. Yeah. Yeah, before Christmas. Yeah. There's a few Sunday games in there. So they the just went to real stinking hot. They go. Let's do the two day format. Yeah. So you're going to be yeah. in the field for eighty yeah. hours. That's yeah. it. February. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just had a quick note. I had a look at uh, all these guest players from Melbourne Premier Cricket whoring themselves out midweek for these uh, local T20 comps. I saw Dave Hussey was out at Buckley Ridges Cricket Club in the Dandenong Cricket Association and made fuck all. (laughs) A good investment on their behalf, no doubt. I think he copped a pretty decent pill from all accounts. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was a leading bowler in the Dandenong District Cricket Association, so, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to get a few decent ones from the Dandenong. Yeah. <laughs> you would think so. Yeah. You'd hope so. In the factory. That's where Big Paddo comes from. Yeah, that's off. where a couple of big dumb yeah. paddos are from. So yeah. there's got to be at least one bloke out there. Can't all be greyhound trainers out there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lovely little segue now into Premier Cricket. And uh, yesterday was the first two day. I think, I don't really know. Anyway, <laughs> Evan Golbus is back to Premier Cricket. He was in Tassie for a bit, now he's back and he made his debut for Paran. Made 136 off just 106 balls. Oh, nice. Shared a partnership with um, Sean Miller who made 202. They oh. added 270 in two hours. 
Jeez. Wow. Ferran made six for 489 declared off 84 overs. And they had Geelong three for 42 at stumps. <laughs> oh, jeez. How many overs in today? 100 or something? Yeah, something like that. Scoring rates are off. Yeah. yeah. And that uh, 202 by Sean Miller was the first double century by a Paran player since Aravinda De Silva oh, in the 1988-89 season. There you go. Mm. So did Geelong send in um, Harry Taylor as the night watchman? <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. He waddled into the crease. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Bartell's got some spare time. Maybe yeah. he's going to take up pretty good. Well, if you fit his helmet back on there, he's had the beard off. Yeah. <laughs> they missed, I think they missed Josh Caddy coming in at four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Billy Smets. Yeah, Caddy's gone to Monash Tigers. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, the drive out there. Billy yeah. Smets. So yeah. it's like, until we come out and hit a long one. <laughs> right, I didn't know the rules of cricket. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, our mate, Circus Maximus, Glenn Maxwell, was um, back in action out at Scrams. <laughs> Say that again. Uh, scrams. <laughs> Press, uh, what, not Preston, Fitzroy Doncaster. Uh, he took a wicket, two catches, and then made 43 off 37 balls with nine fours, and then got himself out just before stumps. Mm. What a dickhead. So when he was dismissed, they were two for 46 or 47, and he scored 43 of them. Yeah. Not bad. Do you have anything to say on this week? Just selfish batting. Yeah, good game. Yeah. Yeah, you got to bring your teammate in the games. This is not a one-man show. Yeah. North could have um, ended day one on top of Essendon at Bill Laurie Oval. <laughs> Uh, after they bowled the bombers out. Bill Laurie Oval, was that your <laughs> I just read it word for word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it off the internet. <laughs> the scoreboard's quite good. Bill Laurie Oval. Oh, That's lovely yeah, scoreboard. Yeah. Different colours for different teams. Yes, uh, Joel Hamilton is one of the um, finds <laughs> of the season. Six for 21, he took the Northcote, bowled the bombers out for 125. Apparently they still haven't been the same since they lost all 12 players for the year. Yeah, <laughs> it's really second 11 playing yeah. first 11. When Fletcher retired, they lost yeah. their heart and soul. I heard they, they wouldn't get old blokes like Merv Hughes, Ian Lee's Liam Pickering. Yeah, Liam Pickering. Yeah. <laughs> I think they call them top-up players. Top-ups, yeah. yeah they got yeah. top-ups. Season of top-ups yeah. in Essendon, so don't expect a lot from Chip them. Chip and Woody smashing them down there. <laughs> and um, just, just to... Um, Rub salt in the wound. Northcote finished the day on 6 of 182, so they've already passed the Bombers, looking for an outright probably there. Now, our boys. Don't tell me, Kingston Ross. Pride. Don't Kingston tell me the Pride. Kingston Hawks went down. Don't our tell boys. me they went down. Me, as an old East Melbourne supporter, <laughs> we just jumped train driver. We're fair weather, but you've been on them forever. This would never have happened when we used to play the East Melbourne Cricket Group. No. But it's not the same. There was disappointment and frustration at the Walter Galt. Oh, no, not, <laughs> not the, the Galt. At the Galt, yeah. The Galt As if the weather and the washouts weren't frustrating enough, <laughs> you can tell by the timbre in my voice that I'm frustrated. I think You could be wrong. <laughs> Ground staff arrived early Saturday morning to find a burst water pipe had flooded under the covers wiping out any chance of play. How did it burst? A, pro- it a, butterfly, a, a, a protest from Dandenong is anticipated. Oh. Interesting point. How did it burst? Yes. I have no idea. It's like the chaos theory. So with Japan, mm. a butterfly is flapping a wing, then it's this cone of air. Yes. The Sentinel would have been able to tell us. Oh, perhaps. yes. <laughs> Sentinel. Great 90s. So I put Beautiful. this I put this um, conundrum of yeah. how it might have burst yeah. to our resident um, Premier, former Premier Cricket player, Tim yes. Madsley. Yes, a consultant on Premier consultant Cricket, all our, Premier Cricket things. Yes, our consultant on all matters Premier Cricket. Yes. And his, and correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but his reply went something along the lines of, bullshit. <laughs> 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 Someone did it. Yeah, 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 fucking bullshit. Yeah. 
Someone did this on purpose because they didn't want to play. Yeah, they got pissed and couldn't be <laughs> fucked, I think is what his words were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Derby Day, or Derby Day, how yeah, do you say yeah. it, in Victoria, um, they just, they're just going to races. Man, yeah, this. Vegas, I'm not yeah. playing cricket tomorrow. Yeah, I've just spent 300 bucks with this white Julius Marlowe. <laughs> <laughs> and a reversible belt from Tarakash. <laughs> I got my Tarakash suit out and the white and black reversible belt number. I thought, I'm not playing cricket tomorrow. <laughs> I thought man to man was the go to oh, be a great cricket oh, and suit job. Potentially, yeah. yeah. I think man to man's more you park cricket. Oh, yeah. 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 More up yeah. Than yeah. yeah. But the, uh, the Premier boys like to go Tarakash. Oh, yeah. Some of the big name players like Dave Huston and that will even sneak into Peter Jackson. Oh, come on, come have they got a sale on Peter Jackson? Oh, every day they've always got a sale on. that uh, suit warehouse on um, Church Street, <coughs> no, Victoria <coughs> Street. In Richmond. Speaking of Peter Jackson, yeah, yeah true. One of the players <laughs> went down to Sunglass Hut and bought his white openings <laughs> for 300 bucks. Yeah. Some old mate went down to Chemist Warehouse <laughs> and found a beautiful pink frame number. Oh, and said, oh, I'll buy a cricket tomorrow. I found these beauties. Spent 20 bucks on a tub of hair spiking. Jowls. Not even wax gel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our, our correspondent Tip also said that it's all kids these days playing Premier Cricket yeah. Yeah, and no they just respect. want to play T20. No yeah, respect for the yeah. game. They don't want it enough is what yeah, they don't want to live. Uh, which uh, is interesting segue about the lack of professionalism in Premier Cricket. I Especially do recall... Yeah, I, yes, in particular this grounds. This hard hitting this Premier Cricket segment. Yeah. All right. Uh, Saturday, yesterday, yep, they got the games on. Saturday the week before, it hadn't rained, you know, it rained like it had a little sprinkle Friday yeah, night. Yeah. There were games cancelled all over the shop because water got under the covers. Yeah. And, On the outfield. Yeah. yeah. Get bigger covers, you do for And also, level your square properly. If yes. you're rolling underneath the covers onto your square, you can't have a level Get ground, your tractor out, get the yeah. laser level on it. Exactly. Also, backo. You got your one cover that goes over the block, yeah. the square, mm-hmm. right? Well, get nine of them. Yeah. yeah. Lay them out in a grid. Yeah. Sri Lanka's a fucking third world country and yeah. they cover the whole green. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's 35 something. grounds yeah. keeping stuff running out across yeah. the oval. That must be tough, by the way. I think yeah. it must be heavy when you do Oh, yeah. Ah, fuck them. All right. <laughs> then, but worst of all... Oh, no. St Kilda Cricket Club this year are not playing at the junk because it's being redeveloped. No, no junk in the trunk for them. No. So they're playing just uh, around the other side of Albert Park Lake at the Harry Trot Oval. Oh, yeah. Former yeah. Premier Cricket... Um, ground for South Melbourne before they moved out to the satellite town of Casey. Anyway. The Trotter they call it. Yes. No, they don't. The pitch. Yes. The cricket pitch for the first game or second game of the season there was eight feet too long. Say that again. It was eight feet too long. So it's still in the standard points. Oh, what happened there? Someone walked. Someone swore. <laughs> <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the bathroom, so that was pretty. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, think, I think you're reading that wrong. It must yeah. have been eight inches, right? Surely not. Well, eight. first of all, I can't picture eight feet because I work in the metric system, which we've had in Australia for decades. So I think that's their first fuck up. They've got to get a new tape measure. Yeah, yeah, I bet exactly. in fairness to them, the pitch is meant to be 22 yards, so you've got to work in But the there's eye. a metric. We discussed yeah. this on one of the very two first. Thousand, <laughs> two thousand and two centimetres. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, how did this happen? Let's, eight yeah. You bowl your foot because, okay, yeah. so what we do, we have a quite a, uh, in our local career club that we all play, we have quite a serious um, uh, captain coach. And Former Premier player. 
Hey, Mark's out the um, cones and the bowlers do a warm up before the game. Do you see the Australian sides do it? Yeah. Just next to the pitch, they'll warm up and run into the bowling. Uh, yes. Right? Yeah. I imagine that happens in Premier Cricket. Mm. So if someone's running into bowling, you're bowling short trash because <laughs> they warm up. Like, wouldn't you? Geez, Johnny's having a bad day. Yeah. He can't get anything yeah. up there. Yeah. Can yeah. he? So Steve O and Bill yeah, yeah, yeah. and Negs. He's having a chalker. Robbo, not like Robbo to miss his length. Who was the one who made excuses? Oh, James Muirhead. He needs every excuse. Yeah, you know, you know it's hard on. Just forget the bowlers. What about the poor fat batsmen after running an extra eight feet to get a run? Yeah, if you've read a three, <laughs> you'd be asking for a four. Who's played 10,000 runs? I'll be, I'll be ringing up the cop going, can you add 20 or 30 runs? Yeah. <laughs> 20, 30 runs on that. Oh, mate, it gets run out. It'd be <laughs> oh, yeah. Eight feet's ridiculous. Surely yeah. you look longer. Sorry, yeah. Eight feet is, uh, what's that, three feet to 90 centimetres. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What was the umpire doing? Your whole life as an umpire, you've stood there, looked down and gone, right, that's the pitch. Yeah. Surely he would notice that he's fucking eight feet back. <laughs> Maybe he was having a bad eye day. Or he's <laughs> having a bad eye. I can't quite see this. Surely he would go, fuck, I'm a long way away from the batsman here. I hope Premier Cricket had taken something out of this. And every umpire now has a tape measure yep. and yes. does a two-second job of yes. the pair of them measure it before yep. the first ball. But there they go, he's a pad. Oh, he goes, oh, sorry, fellas, I just can't see that far. <laughs> yeah, too far away. I couldn't see shit. Here Nick, I just can't hear it, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we can keep it going. Jeez, he's not coming through today. What's yeah. going on here? Premier cricket and its professionalism. It wouldn't happen at lower grades when you play on concrete. No. Because no. the stuff's a set and it's in the little right. bit where the yeah. hole is. Unless con- the concrete is stuffed it up initially. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very funny. Yeah. All right. So we Still move on. off that's the lack grand, of... That's a groundskeeping issue. Yeah, we yeah, move off the... Picked up on it, those I think I'm going to uh, call that now unprofessional premier cricket. Yeah. yeah or unpremier cricket, one or the other. Yeah. We move on now to state cricket, the Matador Barbecue's one-day cup set to sizzle. Final was last Sunday. Uh, New South Wales beat Queensland. It's a bit of a fizzer, to be honest. I picked Queensland to be there yes, to win the whole lot. And, and I, I picked, yeah, they lost. And, lost. and I picked New South Wales, yes. by the way. Thank yes. you. Yes. And they won. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you, Alex. Yes. What colour hair does Jason Flores have? Strawberry blonde. Oh, correct. And what does he bowl? Office. Okay. Dibbly doblins. Yeah, a little yeah. dibbly doblins. Military. And what oh. number does he bat at? Seven? No, oh, six, close. Seven. I'll, I'll take seven, that's right. I'll give you that one. I know so, all about the big lug. Yeah, okay. Don't get <laughs> the big small lug. <laughs> the medium lug. Yeah. The average lug. That's yeah. how he's captain. He's such a big lug, he just bullies everyone into it. Alright. Um, man of the tournament. Yes. Alright. Our man. Meet off cricket podcast favourite man. The flying lasagna. Yeah. Manus. Labaha, or whatever. Labaha. 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 Okay. So he was not top run scorer. He doesn't bowl. Dan Christian, I think, summed it up when he sent out a tweet after the announcement. It said, Well done. Uh, Congratulations, Marnus. Tough yeah. break and listed off the next nine, <laughs> eight batsmen who scored more runs than him and the top four wicket takers. Did he have to do that over two tweets? Because that would oh, be a lot of characters. No, no, he that. had nicknames and uh, short yeah, names. Yeah, Bongo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Robo. Yeah. Bond's face. And, um, Pardon me, fellas. We just got a flyover. <laughs> Oh, that was the roulettes. It's good to someone to organise the roulettes. a lot of money getting those roulettes to go over. This is going to be a shit episode. Oh, 
Let's get all the hallmarks. Doesn't we're already off track. Uh, Dan Christian also sent another tweet. Being the fixture nerd that I am, I thought I was the only person who noticed that every day game in Sydney had started at ten thirty, yet the final started at nine thirty. It's a bit weird, I thought. And Dan Christian sent in a tweet saying, "Great scheduling. Win the toss, bowl, win the game," which is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why the game started an hour earlier. I think it was a day game because the Shield started two days later, so the teams could get away. But mm-hmm. I didn't see the need to start at nine thirty. That's weird. Ten thirty six p.m. finish. It's hardly late. Yeah. Anyway, nine thirty on a Sunday it's morning. Sydney Airport shuts at five. Oh, it does too. Yeah, it does. Something. Curfew, yeah. it does. You're right. Yeah, Queensland yeah, probably just drive home anyway. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> true. Good point. It's only could have been you know, a ten-hour drive. Yeah, yeah. 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 drive home. Not worse than going to Strathillon. Yeah, <laughs> just get a bus. That worse than going to Garvin. Yeah. Yeah. My um, pick of the uh, players. Uh, we mentioned Ryan Gibson last podcast. The Caxi batsman yeah. who did quite well. New South Wales. Um, Origin, that player. Uh, my um, player to watch from this tournament was Cameron Valenti from South Australia. He took 15 wickets, which is the leading wicket taker in the comp, yep. and he also hit a century against Victoria. And yeah. two or three fifties, I believe. All oh, right, didn't okay. He? So, yeah, uh, the bloody Italy's game. Italy's second best cricketer. Yeah. After I've Joe Scuderi and Michael v- Divanuto. Oh, Michael Corinthians. Yeah. So fourth best. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was state cricket. Of course, the Shield started with a um, yeah. a round of pink ball matches. New South Wales and Queensland met at the Gavin. New South Wales did a job on Queensland. There was uh, close after the first inning. Steve Smith, Curtis Patterson made tons for New South Wales. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burns replied with one of his own. Our man Marnus yeah. made 85, not out. Yeah. All, all square after one dig. Ozzy Osman got 70, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And uh, then Dave Warner came out and belted 134. And uh, Queensland looking one for 51 at stumps on day three, chasing down 365 for victory. Yeah. They came out the next day. Well, absolute shit and bowled out for 139. <laughs> like a bunch of bitches. Yeah, exactly. Dave Mahardy style. Yeah. Um, uh, don't worry about the scores. Mm. How about the streams, Ross? Oh, the streams. Oh, mate, I turned on the um, Vic game. Give HC me... stream. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it I was, was blown away. It was watching the MCG scoreboard. But could you get some fucking commentary, Victoria? Yeah. It couldn't be that hard. Oh, yeah, there's no commentary. Oh. It's just like... Silence. Silence. Give us 20 bucks each and a few beers, we'll do it. (laughs) The interesting one there in the New South Wales Queensland game was Cricket Australia pulled Mitch Stark out of out yeah. after one inning. And put Dougie in, didn't Put Dougie yeah. in. He took four yeah, One in the game. One in the game. <laughs> and took himself up to fifth all-time wicket taker for New South Wales. Really? really? It's just one behind uh, Richie Benno. So in a couple of weeks, he'll be fourth. Oh, good work, mm. Bob. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Vicks took on Tassie at the MCG. And uh, Marcus Harris, man of the match performance, yeah. came out, proved Justin Langer wrong, made yeah. 115 in the first dig, followed up with 77 when no one else made fuck all in the second. Yeah. That's yes. why there's no commentary on the Victorian stream. Oh, uh, yeah. Because Marcus gets distracted by the noise. Oh, PTSD. Yeah. So they keep it as quiet as possible, and he peels <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah, well, so I played over the PA station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I caught a bit of that game. Good watching, yes. good viewing the oh, people. Good. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. I think it's really experience, mate. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting to note that um, Glenn Maxwell couldn't get a game for Victoria. Yeah. They preferred Aaron Finch and Cameron White ahead of him. Very strange. And then Cricket Australia come out and said, don't ever do that again, Victoria, because yeah, yeah, we wanted yeah. to play in India. Yeah, so yeah. not to be dropped again. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair enough. But I also noticed that I think there's already a Cricket Australia directive on... <laughs> Pardon me? A few Mickey Thompson. <laughs> <just can't pass. laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I noticed that John Holland played and Fawad Ahmed didn't. Yeah, Fawad Ahmed's yeah. Victoria's number one spinner, no yeah, question yeah. about it. Yeah. So clearly there's a directive there, Holland's to play. Yeah. 
Why? Because yeah. they do have the power. Cricket Australia do have the power oh, to overrule state selectors, which you didn't know. Yeah. No, I didn't know. Surprisingly, I didn't know something about cricket. Cricket, yeah. Mm. That's unfortunate you didn't know that, but yeah. like everything else in cricket, I'm going to school you on it. Yeah. So Cricket Australia no, able I can't to say, okay. they're able to go to the state selectors and go, right, well, he's playing, he's not yeah. playing. It's weird. It's really, what's yeah. the point of the state selectors? Yeah, like, no, you might as well just have the national selection panel yeah. sit down before every shield round, yeah. pick the sides, and email them out and go, here you go, boys, this is his point. Well, they just do like a whiteboard thing, run them all down, and then take a photo of their iPhone, and then just text that to yeah. everyone and go, here's his point. Yeah. Um I also um, watched a little bit of the stream of WA versus South Australia. Commentary. The wacker. Yes, it's commentary. Uh-huh. Oh, no, it's actually on radio, so it's a little bit annoying. Uh, anyway. Civil cast. Yeah, so you just have to have two devices going. But that's right. Civil cast. Yeah. No, it's not civil cast. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, South Australia hadn't won at uh, WA for... Uh, I have a very poor record there, but... Um, they managed to win here. It was thanks to 100 to Tom Cooper. He doesn't have a contract. 138 yeah, he made. strange. Though. Yeah. Alex Carey was playing as keeper. He made 79. Cal Ferguson made a ton. Um, WA's bowling attack was uh, very ordinary. Mitch Marsh made a ton. Yeah. With the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He went at 5.2 and over. Jeez. One for 110 or 22 overs. Yep. He also made 12 and a first baller with the bat. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Which is interesting in comparison to Jackson Bird because he made nine and six batting at 11. Yeah. So he made more runs <laughs> yes. than our number six. And bowled quite well. Yeah, and took six wickets. Yes. Whereas um, old Bison took two for 100. I did notice yeah. over the round that yeah. which, but the Bison accepted. Everyone who had played tests previously done quite well in some stage. Peter Settle, Jackson Bird, bowled right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all the batsmen, all the test batsmen. Yeah. Scored a ton, I think. Uh, Peter least. Neville was very poor. Oh, was yeah, he? Two, yeah. less than, two scores less than 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he's um, really dragging the chain there with the bat. Mm. Anyway, that's an interesting round of Shield cricket all done. And we move on and there's another round starting Friday this week. Day games. Mm. So look forward to that. Women's cricket now. And uh, the mid-off cricket WNCL continues. So I watched a little bit of Meg Lanning make the highest ever score in WNCL cricket, 190. Yes, absolutely smoked Tasmania. It was a great stream. Well done to Tassie Cricket for their stream. Very good quality. And I'm breaking some news here. Oh, no. It's in no media outlets as far as I can see because I Googled it as soon as I saw it. This is what we do, though. We break the stories. We are news breakers here. The WBBL fixtures and regional venues are confirmed. And the Renegades will be playing in Bendigo oh. on Saturday, December 17 and Sunday, December 18. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Nice. So we might have to consider pulling out the uh, mid-off cricket barbecue yep. and the uh, yeah, grill the on the sizzle. hill. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But we better not tell them too early because it might ruin their pre- t- um, pre-sale tickets. That's Should right. I um, print out some uh, A4? Yes, I think logos. Podcast, logos. Yeah. Yeah. Put them on the ground and if the batsman hit it, we'll give someone a, um, a microphone bundle. All right. So it's over now to Mick for my take with Mick. Alrighty. So for this episode I've decided to introduce a, a new segment. So we'll see how it goes. It's called My Take with Mick. So in this segment I'm gonna give my view on a topic relating to the sport we love, which is cricket. So for my oh mate. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, big voice. All right, oh. I think a truck just went. Uh, so for my uh, inaugural instalment, I'll discuss the Ferrari driving Blonde tip having <laughs> bikini model Shaggy, former Aussie captain Michael Clark. Good 
Good bloke I hear. So about two weeks back, Channel 9's newest edition of the commentary box made an appearance on 60 Minutes in a tell-all interview. Oh, loves telling all. So after some of the 60 Minutes recent shenanigans with kidnappings and jail time, I was keen to see if this was just an elaborate plan by Warney to kidnap Clark's missus so he and Puffy go chasing tail in King's Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, that wasn't the case. And as I was treated the story of Clark's tough upbringing in one of Sydney's lowest socioeconomic suburbs, I found myself thinking, you know what, Clarky? I just don't fucking care. <laughs> Big deal. You started life as a poor flog, now you're a rich flog. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Now, I want to touch on a few of the statements Clark's made, and a few of these have been out through the media in that already, but I just want to give my kind of two cents on it. So, firstly, this was the number one one that went through all the media hours. So, when he was asked about captaincy and that and why um, people didn't want him to be captain, his response was, no Ford Ute, no Holden Ute, no Cattle Dog, don't drink VB, got tattoos, all of that stuff is not in the mould of what Australian wants their captain to be. So, I sat and I thought about that, and so my big takeaway from this statement was... Thanks to my trusty purple XR6U, <laughs> I am literally one third of the way to becoming Australian skipper. Well, I have a cattle dog, so I've got a ute, I'm two thirds of the way. So I can force myself to drink VB's cans. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I can do that. <laughs> so after the podcast, I'm off to the Lost Dog Zone to go for Blue here. <laughs> And then it's on to Perth to take Steve Smith's job. <laughs> Bitten for that blazer. Because Steve Smith's got all those things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like the sort of bloke who'd have a tattoo, maybe of a door knocker or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, what a crock of shit. Well, can I interject for just yeah. one second? Ricky Ponting didn't get his license till he was like 26. Yes, that's so right. So he didn't have a Ford Ute or a Holden no, Ute. He didn't need to. Sorry, yeah, if, you believe new crown, if you believe in new crown ads, he's driving Ferraris in Monaco. Yeah, he's got no yeah, yeah. I don't remember um, <laughs> folks like Mark Taylor. I don't see him as no. a Ute driving. I don't see Steve Moore as a Captiva type. I think Steve oh, Moore yeah. likes the concept of Blue Healers because he likes John yeah, Williamson, yeah. but I can't see him being fucked with one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he likes wearing like a, a Cooper's over oh, his band and breed or whatever. Yeah. Slouch at yeah. Slouch at yeah. um, God. But yeah, so, but yeah, so what a crock of shit all that was. So he's hiding behind bulldust reasons as to why the public didn't like him. Bulldust. <laughs> the fact was you carried yourself like you were better than everyone. And as, and as one of your follow-up quote shows, your true colours. Materialistic things were something I saw as a reward for hard work. Oh, jeez. So that strikes me as a bloke playing purely for the coin, which yeah. is fine. We know that's what that's the main reason Ross still graces the football over the Victoria <laughs> Goldfields. <laughs> the envelope. <laughs> but it's hardly the attitude that makes people want to get behind you and want to see you succeed. Yeah, you go and fuck yourself, Ross. Now Warney, <laughs> now Warney, and even Hados before he stopped playing, but even Hados came across as genuine Aussie blokes just wanting to play cricket and win games. And it wasn't until they retired that we realised they were self-obsessed wank wankers. They really were. <laughs> <laughs> and then his other his other thing was too is he's gotten brackets. I don't think one of the other quotes was I don't. She asked him if he was a good vice captain of Ricky Ponting. Yes. And he, his response was I don't think so. I, I don't think I was a good vice captain at all. Well, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> but it's the next quote that is really really interesting in my opinion. Uh-huh. I never dreamt of captaining in Australia. I couldn't care less if I captained Australia or not. Now, this is absolute garbage as well. There is not a young Australian out there who's picked up a cricket bat and hasn't dreamt of whether, or even imagined being 
AB facing the West Indies, yeah. forcing your brother to bowl underarm like Greg Chappell, <laughs> making a ton in your final test like Steve Waugh, or playing cricket for Australia while just being a general prick like my hero, Ian Chappell. Yeah. <laughs> playing cricket like a prick. So to say a cricket obsessed, so to say a cricket obsessed youngster from Sydney never dreamt of being Australian captain is just utter bullshit. Yeah. Oh, he's getting on it. He's going off here. Yeah. There's another page. Nick's just winding himself up here, mate. So now, unsurprisingly, this this interview also touched on some of his off-field issues as well, which uh, is unsurprisingly. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so he's asked about the engagement ring being flushed down the toilet, the whole Lara Bingle thing. His response was complete made-up bullshit. Yeah. So why did the plumber come to his house? Bam! So now I'm calling bullshit on his bullshit. <laughs> Maybe a bullshit in his yeah. toilet. Unless Lara, <laughs> unless Lara and Michael went to Taco Bell the night before. <laughs> <laughs> they, went, yeah. they went to Lux of Delight. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't so delightful. Lux of Delight. Had a snack pack. Reason number <laughs> one, though. No, so yeah, reason number one being, do you real do you, do you think that I'm going to believe that a bikini model stupid enough to shag Brendan Favola yes. isn't going isn't stupid enough to flush $250,000 fucking engagement ring. Yes, yes. Jesus Christ. He, said, he, admitted that in the, he admitted that in the interview too. Oh. Quarter of a million dollar engagement ring down the dunny. That's true love, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just posturing. Yeah. 250 grand for a ring. It's true love. Yeah. <laughs> now, come on, mate. I might not have been the ducks at my school, but I'm smart <laughs> enough to know that you're full of crap. Yeah. And like and like you said, what the fuck were the plumbers doing there? Yeah. They just decided to dig up the street on the same day that the story broke. <laughs> they dig up the whole street. Oh, they had like a yeah, yeah. There was yeah, like yeah. a kilometre of the camera on the thing. They stick it down yeah. the pipes and oh, see yeah. what's going on. Yeah, they were out there. So whilst uh, so sorry, while speaking of Lara, let's shoot down. Let's just uh, shoot down another quote. I know they respected me as their captain. I know they believed in the calls I made, and I know. They knew I would put the team in front of my personal relationship. Except for that time in 2010 when you left it too early to go home and support her after Fev leaked the naked photo of her. Yeah, there oh. might have been a little bit of a question mark over the support, yes. It's like he can say anything yeah. at the 60 minutes is sort of on his side and won't question. Yeah. Oh, but what you said, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah. Because well, he wasn't captain then, though, but it would uh, still be like... But, but, would, be but he says, but no, no, but I understand what you're yeah, saying, yeah. yes, but... And they knew I would put the team yes, in front of yeah, any exactly. personal relationship. Yeah, yeah. So it means he didn't hold that for his whole career. But who's he yeah, going yeah. to get there? I don't know. Brad Haddon? Himself. But the cattle, this is the thing like too, and we'll, we'll get into this later on as well, about the cattle dog, where that dig comes from too. So naturally, so naturally as well, the caddish thing comes up. So when he got, so, so the reporter asked him, did you throw a tantrum when the caddish thing happened? He goes, I think a lot of us were getting wound up, so I think I had every reason to be pissed off, but I don't think my language was appropriate to Caddish. Mm-hmm. I agree. Caddish hates swears, too. Yeah. That's why he got fired. Yeah. Yeah. So now my take Don't on... Don't use the Lord's name in vain in front of me, like he said. <laughs> Blasphemer! <laughs> <laughs> so now my take on Mr. Team Before Personal once again proves the label was wrong and shows that he still thinks he was right yeah. in this whole situation. Interesting that he brought that up, because I heard a quote from him and said, on, you know, he said something like, for me, it was done and dusted the day after, so I'm not sure why people keep bringing it up. Yeah. He wrote about it in his book, he yeah. spoke about it in an interview, yes. he yeah. brought it up. Yes. 
Mm. But well, then, um, Dustin, but he said Kaddish no more. That's what yeah. he said. Mm. So uh, yeah, then, so then he's, he's, he followed up that up with. I found out four days later that Matthew Hayden was going to retire after that Test match. So I think Haydos was pissed off as well that that happened in his last Test. Yeah, yeah no shit. Yeah. Well, so missed the team before self for everybody. Not only upset a teammate, but also pissed off a retiring legend. <laughs> <laughs> this boy couldn't be. This boy couldn't be more clueless if he was a 1990s Alicia Silverstone movie. <laughs> <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> 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 Sorry, Did you just just <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that right there, that's where I reckon the cattle dog thing comes from. Yeah, no, I guess I guess the dig at Hados. Because yeah. it, it sounds like, because in his mind, Hados is the one who was undermining a lot of his, like from a few other things, not in this interview, yeah. but I've heard and read yeah. and other things. He, like, Hados didn't like him. Well, Hados does would, strike me as a sort of dickhead who would have yeah. a cat dog because yeah. he was a, he's getting around looking like... Well, he like does in every photo of him, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to look like the Bush Tucker yeah, man yeah, with a stupid yeah. fucking hat. Yeah. Yeah. And also, he's literally undermined every Australian cricket player selector. Mm. Since retiring. Yeah, yeah. told Usman to just shut up and get yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. So now, in fairness to Clarkie in regards to this Caddish thing, I just want to, before we move on, I just want to touch on a comment Caddish made earlier this week. So I think that's a bit of a stretch to say we are mates because apparently Clark said, oh, it's all done and dusted, yeah, we're mates yeah, yeah. now. I think it's a bit of a stretch to say we're mates. It's a bit of a stretch of the imagination given I've hardly spoke to him since, since it all happened and never spoken about the incident. Yeah, yeah. Hardly spoke about it. It's about half a million sportsmen's nights at Beck to Differ. Yeah. <laughs> hardly spoke about it. That's like saying Donald Trump is a shy retiring type. <laughs> hardly spoke about it. <laughs> It's like saying Kim Kardashian's sex tape is our little secret. <laughs> <laughs> so even cat, so enough of cat. Fuck him. <laughs> On to everyone else's favourite review ways to Shane Watson. <laughs> so he called Shane Watson a cancer on the team. This was the question. Yep. His response was, "No, I didn't say that. I said there's a number of players, a group in this team. Yeah, at the moment, are like a tumour." And if we don't fix it, it's going to turn into a cancer. No. Was Shane Watson one of those players he was asked? He said, yes, Shane was, a, Shane was one of those players, yes. yes. Right. Splitting hair. Yes, yeah, so see, I didn't call him a cancer. A I said he was a tumour that might turn to a cancer. He's a malignant tumour. Yeah. It's like me saying, I didn't call Alex boring. I just said I just said that his segment is usually not entertaining, and that can lead to boredom. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, the back ten out again. Okay, <laughs> Ross, won't stop you, Ingen. It's not mincing words. Oh, it's one. not. It's it's um. It's just min- it's just mincing your words to cover your own back. Uh, words. Yeah, you called him a cancer. Just man up and fucking it. Absolutely. Exactly. Now, not now. Now, lastly, I wanted. This is a off. This is just another. I was in the Michael Clark thing. I had a bit of, while this was happening on sixty minutes. One of my old mates from high school, Sean Warburton from Swinhill, hello Warbo, tweeted out that um he you know good work to um Clark. You played your career your way, and at least when you're in charge, we were winning. Yes. And uh, Clark, he got him, and um, he's Clark, his missus, who has the worst spelling of the name Kylie I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> How's it spelled, mate? It's got K Y L Y. Mm. It's got two wow. Y's in it. She actually liked his tweet as well, because I went out to look, because what about if people yeah. liked so I went out to look. So I've gone back to, um, I've gone, I did a bit of digging, because this actually, Ooh. I thought, deep dive. I kind of, no, but I kind of just went, well, this is, and this is, seems to be everyone's argument at the moment, yeah, yeah. that Clarkie, we won all these tests, and we won all this stuff from the Clarkie. 
So during his captaincy, we played 47 tests, winning 24. I bet all of them were at home. Pretty much as well, yeah. Africa. Giving him a winning percentage of 51%. Since Steve Smith's taken over, to be fair, he hasn't played as many tests. But he has led the Aussies in 14 tests, winning seven of them, giving him a 50% winning percentage. That's a 1% difference. So the reality is we aren't winning any less. No. So for those... And for those interested, I did a bit more of research on this. Under Punter, it was 62%. Yeah. And under Steve Ward, it was 72%. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Though. Yeah. So if anything, like, if anything, Clark has dragged us down and then Smith has managed to even the keel and keep us where we are. But um, now I know people say, you know, Punter and Target had better teams. Yeah. And they did. But the, in fairness, Smith's teams aren't any better than Clark's. Smith's teams are probably fucking worse. Because yeah. Smith doesn't have Warney, he doesn't have Hados, he doesn't have like, the, these yeah, guys. Yeah, at the start of um, Clark's career, he had those yeah. guys. Yeah. No, no he didn't. He wouldn't have had Warney or Hados at the start of his uh, captain's career. Warney had Clark in 2006, 2007. And Clark was just getting a game. Uh, okay. But he had um, Hussey, and, though. So. Yeah. yeah, so Punter was captain until Hunter. like 2009 slash 10 or something like that. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway. Yeah. But you can probably argue Clark had better teams than Smith had. Yeah, because Smith had fucking wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, no Mitchell Johnson. Yeah, yeah. But, but Clark had um, Watson the entire time, time man. Yeah, Trent. Yeah, 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 but um, but yeah, so that's um, so that was yeah, that's it. I'm done with it. So that's my take on yeah. the whole Michael Clark thing. Oh, interesting thing. Yeah. Good. Well, that starts off our uh, new segment, book club. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So it um, it's two months before Christmas, yeah. and there has been a plethora of books oh, yeah. coming out and all manner of book extracts published in newspapers yes. Oh, yes. ranging from the interesting to the banal to the downright dumb yes. banal. <laughs> we have a look now Alex at yes. Brendan McCullum's book Declared. I'll read declared. I'll read an extract first. Okay. And then you can. Can I say I like to call it declared as opposed oh, to declared. Oh, good. Okay. That's pretty shit. So this <laughs> is this is an extract from Thanks, Brendan McCullum's book. D care bed. D care bed. I would say declared. And this is about the World Cup semi final against South Africa. <laughs> not so long ago. Yes. Quote I'm in my usual position in the dunnies at the back of the dressing room, smoking and listening to the crowd. I never watch live. What does it matter if I'm out front or not? I'm better off in the changing rooms, trying to stay nice and relaxed, not give off too many emotions, so I can support the boys who are going out to bat. There's a TV in there, of course. Once our last batsman has gone out to face, I retreat to the dunnies out of range of the smoke detectors and start working my way through a packet of fags. Yeah, <laughs> bigot. This time, I'm not alone. So, does he, so he smokes and... He's working his way through the dunnies. And in the toilets, he's working his way through a packet of fags. So does he have like an entourage of a pack of them that just follow him around? Or? This time, I'm not alone. <laughs> Two Indian caterers, the guys who are looking after us for our food in the changing room, join me. Like me, they can't bear to watch. One of them says... Quote, I'm really sorry, Mr. McCullum, but may I please have a cigarette? I'm so nervous. So the three of us pile into my packet of fags. <laughs> I'm not making this I up. These are quotes. <laughs> With four balls remaining, the Kiwis still needed ten runs before a streaky boundary and single to Vittori put Elliot on strike with five to win off the last two deliveries. Um, he only needed one to win. He belted stain for a six. Quote, in the bowels of the stadium, the two Indian caterers, I wish I knew their yes, names. that's the worst. 
jump on me and the three of us dance around the dunnies together. Then I rush through the dressing room and out the front. The boys are ecstatic, but out in the middle, Grant is perhaps the only one who's still composed. After a huge victory pump and a hug with Dan Vittori, he bends down to a shattered Dale Stain and offers him a hand up. So there's some quotes from the book. If I was and Just a minute, oh, sorry, sorry. Him, you? This, um, <laughs> this uh, extract ends with, sadly for the Black Caps, their fairy tale ended that night in Auckland as they went on to lose the final against Australia at the MCG a few days later. Yes. Once in a lifetime. If I was still home and someone bent down to help me up after I just got hit for a six to lose the semi-final again. It's Stein. 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 Stein Um, I would just be furious. Yes, I think I would too. So, also, what did you have else? Is this, is this greater... That the kind-hearted care bear, Brendan McCullough, can't remember two guys' names. That was such a pivotal. Well, also, isn't it against the spirit of cricket to smoke cigarettes? Yes. Does he not care about his own health? No. What a. That's why we don't have tobacco What sort of example is he setting to young cricketers all over the world? Let's just break the law. Yeah. Yeah. You can't smoke inside. No. No, you, you have to come out to the stadium. last case of emotion. Yes, the, the, where we are yeah. now, where yeah. David Bullock's dropping cigarettes on his foot. Yeah. Yeah. That's gone, yeah. yeah. There's density in that cigarette. What did you have, us fa- have for us, Alex? Um, so, did you all know that Brendan McCullum cut his career short um, because of the Cairns trial he was involved in? Involved in. Uh, it was like water torture. Uh, uh, survivor's remorse? Yes, I may be. <laughs> <laughs> That I also got a shitload of coin to throw at <laughs> But I'm not admitting to it. No. <laughs> so I pushed him to retire early. He said, when he did retire, he said, I knew it in my waters that mm. I had enough. <laughs> yes. What is your waters? <laughs> is this, Do you know, need to go to the go toilet? Do we go Are to you his well in the back of his house <laughs> and just went, yeah, yeah, when I was in the waters, I knew, what are you talking about? Yeah. And um, he, this is a bit of his care bear, moral high ground shit. Yeah. He didn't have to testify. He wasn't asked to, but as I quote, I was prepared to stand up, even under pressure, and under fire from various quarters, and do what I thought was morally right at the time. So Stephen Quartermain was really into it. (laughs) A little bit on Ross Taylor here, chapter called Ross Taylor and How I Hate His Guts. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually called The Coup That Wasn't. So during Ross Taylor's reign, McCullum said that he never talked to the players. Unless he, unless during emotional times in the game, this is when Ross Taylor was yeah, captain. Yeah, yeah. McCullough was his vice captain. Ross never talked to the players at all. Ross uh, didn't, or McCullough. Ross, Ross did. Okay. Ross the boss. Ross the boss Taylor. And, and only during emotional times during games when all he would do is start yelling and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's good leadership. Really. He was only captain for about six months, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And so the coach Mike Hessen would have team meetings to try and involve Ross in the decision making process. They'd go, okay, how are we going to tackle India? And they were over there. And this is when it all fell apart for Ross Taylor. Oh, yeah. And that captaincy. He said, you know, he'd get the players' input and hand it back to Ross to sort of have his input. And apparently, all Ross had to say was all that Ross had to say to be a good captain, according to McCullum. Thanks, lads, that's awesome. And this is the direction we're going based on your thoughts. And I'm the skipper, this is what we're doing, and I need you to all buy into it. Apparently, very hard thing to say, I think. Yep, it's very good. Anyway, he goes, Ross would say nothing, not a word. What the hell was he thinking? I had no idea. I quote Brendan McCullum. So, how do you in a team meeting? And they go, over to you, Ross. He and he goes. just goes... <laughs> like a stunned mullet. <laughs> I don't believe that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Maybe their team meetings were boring. Maybe he sleeps with his eyes open. Yeah, we had those glass <laughs> over six um, apparently it was the team was imploding towards the end of the Indian tour and McCullum took it that long apparently to take out Ross aside and says, Mate, this is your effing team. 
Fuckington. Yes. Yep. But mm-hmm. effing. It was in the book. It was written effing. Mm-hmm. But I wrote down fucking. <laughs> so what? What? what how's the cricket team going? Was it just the fucking team? That yeah, yeah. In, in the pack of fags. Yeah. <laughs> um, you need to grandfather the scruff of the neck, and I will help you on your way. Otherwise, we're going to lose our way completely. So oh. that's what. Uh, yeah. That's a coup. We're on from. Yeah, that's a coup. Yeah, the coup that wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I flicked to the back of the book near the end of the oh, book, yeah. book, and I found the last chapter. And it was called Care Bears and Culture. <laughs> 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 and I read a few quotes from McCullough back when he when he took over the um, captaincy. The spirit of cricket. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he goes, when he first took over, he goes, when I became captain of the Black Caps, I was thinking about the sort of culture I want to promote within the dressing room. He goes, I fondly remembered my time as a budding four-year-old scamp watching my favourite TV show, The Care Bears. <laughs> Their loving and caring nature really stuck with me, particularly my favourite character, Funshine Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Is this where he talks about how they brought in hazing when he became captain? Yes, yes. <laughs> Pouring hot oil with their bum cracks. <laughs> I wanted to, he goes, he continues, I wanted to replicate the kingdom of caring, particularly the province of Carolot in the dressing room, which is all from the 1985 show, The Care Bear. So I showed the team with support staff my favourite Care Bears <laughs> The Care Bears in the Battle of the Freeze Machine. <laughs> Come on. I, I, I showed them this to give them a starter on the sort of culture I wanted implemented within the dressing room. Uh, on the flip side, to show the team with support staff um, I wish I could remember their names. <laughs> what not to do from a culture perspective, I whipped up some highlights or lowlights, if you will, of Grumpy Bear, who I likened to Brad Haddon. The team, for the most part, jumped on board, with the exception of Ross Taylor, who said, What is this sycophantic claptrap that's all down the roof? <laughs> I had to have another Dunny's meeting with you to convince him. <laughs> Grumpy pair attitude would not fly under my regime. <laughs> After a few more sessions of giving the highlights of Grumpy Bear or Brad Haddon's, he came around eventually. <laughs> so that was the uh, Care Bear no, culture. Interesting. Oh Such an interesting extract. Yeah, so. it is. We, we have so many books to get through. I'm going to now go to Mitchell Johnson's okay. handbook, oh, yeah. Resilience, which was released on Monday. I think it's actually a white paper, isn't it, this book? Oh, I have no this idea. It's so intellectual. I think it, oh, comes, yes. I think it comes with crayons. They yeah, yeah. Pictures. <laughs> he, he, there's amazing, the amazing revelations, and some of the quotes have to be uh, read by me and heard by you to be believed, okay? <laughs> The year was 2000 and Shane Watson and Mitchell Johnson were at the Cricket Australia Cricket Academy in Adelaide run by Rod Murray. <coughs> Quote, every night we'd pile into the common room and watch Neighbours before dinner. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was always a bit willing as every time there was an ad break, there would be an all-in wrestle on the floor until the show started again. In one wrestle, I was dragged through the door and into the bathroom by a heap of guys and somebody pushed my head into the toilet. I wasn't impressed and the red mist descended. Somehow, I managed to break free and I grabbed whoever it was by the front of the shirt as I got up and someone grabbed mine. I raised my right fist and he did the same. Then we looked at each other. It was Watto. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I think we both looked at each other and thought, nah, I'm not going to do to hit him. He's my mate. And put our fist down at the same time. I can't say I wasn't angry. It took me a few days to get over it. We eventually started to talk to each other again and Watto <laughs> remains one of my best mates in cricket. We eventually started to talk to him. Oh, that's... 
disgusting. Fuck me. <laughs> you played 10 years of international cricket and that's the best shit you can come yeah. up with yeah. to sell your book. That's what bullshit. else do they do? Take hangers on each other? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Unscrew the top of the salt. Oh. Oh. Spitball each other while they're in one of the lectures. What did they do during Home and Away? Was it light spankings with a bum pedal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing it would be some sort of homoerotic <laughs> And then the article I got this from, it said, if you think this is a fantasy tale made up to sell books, think again. Oh. Chris Hartley, who was also there at the same time, tweeted, totally legit, I was there. Was he the guy gives a fuck. Was he, he was the guy that put his foot on the back of his head into the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so that's the fucking sort of bullshit and low-grade rubbish you can get out of um, Johnson's book. <laughs> then move on to the next story about um, uh, him and Kevin Peterson. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It, took, it took a whole lot. Mm. Yep, what happened? Things got out of hand during the warm-up for the 2009 test at Cardiff. And what happened probably indicates where my head was at. So Peterson was hitting balls to the, in the Australian direction while they were warming up to disrupt their preparations. And Johnson was dealing with personal family matters off the field at the time. Was his, his mum beating him up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't exact quote. It wasn't exactly harmless because we could easily have stood on a ball in our run-ups. Uh, that, that stuff never happens. Never happens. Never kills yeah. you. I threw a ball back to where he was, and I suggested that Kevin should stop it. <laughs> <laughs> of course he didn't. Oh, of course he did. Okay. Oh, when he hit another one towards me, I kicked it as far as I could in the other direction. Oh, yeah, showed him. Yeah. That showed him. That'll, that'll fix his wagon. Yeah. Real mature shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> Words were exchanged, and KP crossed the line in what he said. He got really personal, and I'm not going to dignify his comments by repeating them. <laughs> so, exactly. that's that's right just, you know what? That's disappointing, because it's probably the most interesting part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm suggesting KP what? said something, uh, why don't you get your mum to fetch the balls? Ah, uh, yeah, or why don't you get Radhouse kicked by your missus, you douchebag, yeah. something yeah. like that. The Red Mist Descendant. Oh, again, oh, again. The Red Mist. Oh, the Red Mist. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you call this book The Red Mist? <laughs> Not resilient, but no. The Red Mist yeah, Descended. Yeah. The Hunt for Red October, <laughs> The Red Mist Descended. <laughs> and I stormed in his direction with every intention in the world of hitting him. Oh, big man. This was all being played out in full view of spectators who had arrived early and the media. Stu Clark saw it all happen and came rushing over just as we came together nice and jumped guy. between us. Nice guy. KP is a big guy, but I was very worked up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, Stu is bigger than both of us because it took a bit to convince me not to go through with what I had planned. I am so glad Stu was there. Good on you, Stu. Well done, Stewie. Is it really like, I am so glad? Yeah, that's, that's, how like, that's exactly how what it says. It's, it's written as if Mark Robinson had penned himself. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, I have rarely had a fight in my life, but when I've had a chance to pull on the gloves, I've loved it. <laughs> go on, go on. And he does a bit of self-congratulatory work here. Quote, During the boot camp ahead of the 07 Ashes series, we had to get in the ring with a personal, professional cage fighter. <laughs> he was a scary bloke, and I landed a couple of good hits. Hardly anyone else touched him. Hardly oh, anyone else touched oh, him. Oh. So KB didn't know, KB didn't know how deep he troubling yeah. got himself. He didn't know he could get him in an armbar. Yeah. Yeah. Quote, <laughs> If KP and I had gone toe-to-toe, life might have taken another strange twist. Oh, no shit. <laughs> He'd want to get charged with assault. Yeah, he yeah, might yeah. be in jail. Probably the best place for him. 
Um, <laughs> then he talks about another almost fight during the uh, 2014 Ashes fourth test at the MCG, the Boxing Day test. Quote, it was late on the third day that I lost it with KP. Words were exchanged. Red mist? <laughs> the red mist descended. <laughs> Here's another great quote from I was tired and hungry and can get a bit cranky when that happens. Oh, oh, low blood sugar. Yeah. 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 How the fuck does an international cricketer ever get hungry when he can have a person bring him a fucking sandwich on the boundary line? Or two Indian caterers. Their name is uh, a I wish I knew them. I wish I knew them. And what what had um what had really wound him up at the MCG was quote it was really windy, and that can be irritating at the MCG. (laughs) Rubbish blows around, and it's quite hard to settle. (laughs) There's <laughs> something wrong with him. Yeah, oh, he's, he's just simple, and anything that happens, he just wants to get the fists out. Yeah, Duke's yeah. out because he loves it. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, and I don't know if you know, I landed a few punches on this no. guy. No one, no one else got near him. Yeah. Uh, what a fuck with. I don't want to buy that book. Yeah. I kind of do. Yeah. Any other <laughs> uh, so I could read it out to my friends. Right. And then he did this thing. And then <laughs> I did that thing. It's like a diary. Yeah. And then after this, he. I'm did... surprised Mark Robinson doesn't usually ghost write cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he's ghost Any other books that we should have? Oh, well, there's plenty. We're not going to get through them all, but it's over to Mick for Darren Lehman's book now. So, an interesting thing. So, Darren Lehman's got a book coming out. Um, Aptly entitled Coach. Coach. So I think it's uh, about uh, all the really? buses that they ride <laughs> <laughs> from the ground. Good yeah. uh, but uh, no. So what he's written in there. So he discusses um, whether t- he discusses the fact taking Brad Haddon and Shane Watson on last year's failed Ashes tour yes. was a mistake. Mm. Mm. Big ups for him. Fuck me. There you go. <laughs> I think that we spent time. Uh, like, yeah. You know, you know what they like. You know what they like to say. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. I guess. But uh, I've got a quote from that. Have you yeah. got a quote? I've got it. Yeah. yeah First okay. one I've got was. Um, he sat him down. We know <laughs> the Caribbean. Yeah. He looked. He looked immediately at him and said, "So." Are you both going to get some runs or just retire? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck. They yeah. both said they would get some runs. Yeah. <laughs> so he let them play on. Yeah, but then, but then he says here, but I knew in my heart of hearts they had run their race at test level. Why the fuck did you pick oh, them then? Be more of a hard ass cunt. Yeah, I admit I did allow myself to be blinded a little through sentiment and a belief they could turn their declining form around. They couldn't. Yeah, yeah. they couldn't. They couldn't. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Oh, isn't it just? All right. So um, we've got a lot more um, stuff to get through in book club, but we're going to save it for the next episode. We've got Brett Chief doesn't have a book, but he has a fascinating article about the Australian cricket team. We've got Mark Nicholas's book, which is boring as batshit, but he has one interesting paragraph when he met Kerry Packer. Chris Rogers' book called Hit in the Head, and Brad Hogg wanted to top himself. I'll bring some breaking Chris Rogers news next episode. That's all next episode. We move now to national team talk, and the Saffers are in town. They played the Caxi in a two-day day-nighter at the Adelaide Oval. Interesting, a bit more batsman-friendly. You know why? Grass was six millimetres, not eight. Last time. They also played the Sakaxi, yes. South Australian uh, Cricket Australia 11, and um, no, nothing notable there, except that Tim Ludeman made 167. Yeah. And also, it must have been an absolute road, because yes. I think the runs per oh. over was something like five. It was at the home of um, good cricket in Adelaide, the Glenelg Oval, ah. known for its road-like qualities. 
Um, we look now at National Panel of Selectors and Rod Marsh is being a geriatric fuckwit as usual. Oh, I when, does Blanche from, when does Blanche from the Golden Girls take over for the <laughs> <laughs> fuck's sake, Rod? Get John Newcomb in, Don Fraser. <laughs> So what Bailey did he say? Yeah. Uh, Susan Boyle would be good, even. Uh, what did he say at this press conference, Alex? He said that Jackson Byrne didn't get a game because he didn't bat well enough. Because we need runs yes. out of our lower order. Yes. We need runs out of 11. That's where Jackson Bird's going to bat. Yeah. 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 You know what we could use some runs out of? Yeah. Six, five, six, and seven. seven. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Voges at five. Mitch Marsh at six. It looks about eight spots too high. And, <laughs> and Neville at seven is yeah. not in great uh, batting no, form. No, Hardy made a run since he made a double turn in the shield two years ago. They're the problem, not number 11. Yeah, not Jack. Right. If we're relying on him to get runs. Yeah. Well, yes. yes. So, it's, the Stoinkoff wasn't mentioned in the conversation. Mm, He's injured. Yes. Uh, it's a reason he the shield. Well, what? Paul did he? Where the yeah. fuck has this love affair with the all-rounder come from? That uh, Andrew Flintoff bullshit from Well, Wolf, Wolf said he's never going to play a team that doesn't have one. Yeah. Well, because well, that spot was break down. Well, you know what? That's fine. Just put has to be sacked then. Yeah, yeah, pick a good one, maybe. Yeah, and um, also, if you've got an all-rounder, fucking bowl him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> bowl him right. If he bowls well, yeah. he's not bad. But yeah. he bowls all right. Oh, there's, a shield, gets... there's a shield game we talked about. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. 30 yeah. minutes ago, yeah. it crossed his test, yeah. 18 yeah. test matches. Especially if Sri Lanka he bowled quite well. six overs half the time. So, who should be at number six? Hanscom. Hanscom, yeah, okay, fair enough. Take that. Marnus. Out there, yeah, out there, yeah. Cole. good call. Well, we got maybe Joe Burns, Burns even. Yeah. Joe Burns is a uh, necessary Cam number. White? No. Uh, well, buddy, all he's done is made runs in the past year and a half. Yeah, we stayed. Yeah. No, and, but he came back in. He pretty much won that final from yeah. the first class. Yeah, true. Now I said true. Well, he made a heap, a heap of futures. Who do you think, Ross? Oh, I'm happy with anyone, just not Bison. Yeah. He just hasn't deserved it. Um, Tom Cooper, Travis Head, uh, Callum Ferguson, Burns. Curtis Patterson. Yeah. Anyway. Dean. Maxi Cleaner. Maxi Cleaner. Yep. Um, Just Glenn not Maxwell one he ever reached. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Harris. I don't know. Okay. Uh, we move now from the geriatric ramblings of Rod Marsh to international cricket, and it annoyed me greatly to see oh, England. I was furious. Oh, I was wild. I threw my wireless uh, mouse into the wall when I was watching. Got out of jail. Uh, got out of fucking jail. And then, so they beat Bangladesh by 22 runs. Bangladesh were chasing and fell just short. Ben Stokes was a fucking hero. Oh, just, no. Yeah. Stop being a hero. Yeah, ah. Empire 11 bullshit. Yeah. Uh, then in the second test, England made... A heap of runs down the bottom. Adil Rashid and someone else yeah. made third. Chris Wokes or something made 30s to get him out of jail. That's annoying. So that's still ongoing, that test. Jeez, mm. it annoys me. Um, the Kiwis are locked in a five-game UDI series against India. It was 2-2 going into the fifth game. Kiwis had acquitted themselves well, been up in a seesawing series. Yeah, Very that was annoying me as well. They yep. were doing okay. Well, you'll be happy now. Yes. India batted first in the fifth and deciding game. It was a little bit like the World Cup final. Yep. Pardon me. India batted first, made 270. New Zealand were cruising along. They were two for 61. Oh, Jesus. Nick Minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're all over the internet memes. Uh, yeah. all, two for 61. All out, 79. Oh, come on. Eight for oh, what? whatever Eight that's for, yeah. Oh, 18. 18. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pakistan and the West Indies continue to face off. Yes, he's sure. He keeps taking a bucket load of wickets. Yeah. 
Sri Lanka and Zimbabwe are playing a test match in Zimbabwe. Oh, sure. Sri Lanka run up a pile of runs. Yeah. We move <coughs> over now. That's into wrap of international cricket. We move on to listener feedback. Uh-huh. And uh, a, a quick shout-out to one of our um, newest and most prolific fans, Jesse oh, yeah. Bilkey. Yes, Bilkos. Only fan. And uh, his business, Frederick Harold Sock Company. Yes, I've com- got six pairs of his socks. They're oh, absolutely right. brilliant. Yeah, he... He's currently at a Hong Kong, an international sock exhibition in Hong Kong. Yes. Um, showing his wares. Yep. And rocking with his new motto, "Socks on your cocks." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with www.frederickharold.com. I have no idea. I'm just going to shoot. Uh, he's on Facebook. He on Facebook. No, so Frederick Harold. Once he listens to this, he'll send us a link, and we can yeah, promote we'll it promote out it. through our many, many social media yes. and podcasting platforms. Is this a real sponsorship potentially? Well, in the no, he's given us no money. No, no, no. Him we're money. sort of doing it the other way. We're promoting things that we buy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I bought some and they're quite good. Send us some socks, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. I get complimented all the time on my socks. And I can confirm there's no truth in the rumour that um, Frederick Harold's are going to bring out a range of cricket socks inspired by the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Yeah, I think we're going to have our own faces on the socks. <laughs> yeah. Our and logo will do it. I confirm that there's no truth to it. It's going to have more man-cad somewhere and then you on a punching bag, Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fly kicking exactly. in the face. In the corner with Alex once with me singing a song on it. Yeah, yeah. I hope not. What was that? Um, I've also got some other news about sponsorship. I've got in touch with um, Big Footy and their cricket podcast. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's been a week. I still haven't heard anything. Oh. <laughs> haven't heard anything. Lick the end of the pencil. Yeah. <laughs> haven't heard anything from Big Footy. Day eight, no word yet. Yeah. Still hopeful. When was the last time one of their cricket podcasts got updated, right? Um, it was the tour Australia did of Zimbabwe two and a bit years ago. Jesus, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Get us on board, you dogs. Yep. So we're on all major social media and podcasting platforms. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, at Midoff Cricket. And that's a wrap. I just realised I didn't do my segment. That's why this has been a good episode. <laughs> Next episode will be in a fortnight during the second test in Hobart. I look yes. forward to this test match from the Wacker. Yeah. See you all in a fortnight. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, Bye. guys. See ya. Bye. Kiss me.